Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, thanks again for coming over to our side here, the grace side of things, Growing in Grace at growingandgrace.org. Mike Kapler, my name, along with Joel Brzezinski, once again, taking about 15 minutes or so to uh, make sure that you are rooted and grounded in what you need to be. And that would be everything that Jesus Christ did on our behalf. Throw away the religious stuff. Take the manual. Just rip it up. Put it in the fireplace. There's, and when I say manual, I'm not talking about the Bible. <laughs> For the any rules. critics who might be eavesdropping on us here, I'm just talking about that that manual that really probably doesn't even exist. Uh, maybe there's a whole bunch of them out there. I don't know. But what we're addressing here is is the grace of the gospel. And what that comes down to is Jesus did it all. So take the pressure off of yourself and and rest in that as we pick up on some things where we left off over the last couple of weeks. And uh, hope you're doing okay this week, Joel. Mm-hmm, doing well and uh, growing in grace, that's for sure. Getting my heart established more and more. Uh, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 13, 9, he said, it is good that the heart be established by grace. And he contrasted that. He said, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. And in the context there, he's essentially talking about the law. It's good that the heart be established by grace, not by law. You know, the law is the ministry of death and condemnation. We've talked much about that on our podcast, about how if you're established, if you're seeking to establish your own righteousness through the law, or if if your life is established in trying to keep all these rules and and regulations and laws, then it actually has the opposite effect. (laughs) Sin increases. Uh, with the law. And so it is good that the heart be established by grace. And so that's what we, uh, what we do here on this podcast. And by the way, you can check us out online, of course, many different places, growingandgrace.org, of course, and then uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash graceroots, and uh, youtube.com slash graceroots. You can also find me on Twitter, at graceroots. So yeah, continuing on with some of this stuff, man, it's it's been good because what we've talked about the last few weeks, you know, earlier on in my Christian life, I really did have an up and down roller coaster ride. I really did wonder often where I stood with God. <laughs> if I felt I was performing well and was dedicated enough, if I had done well, and you know, I ran into a friend of mine not too long ago, and I felt so bad because he he said that for the the previous two weeks he thought that he had really found the secret to living the Christian life. He was doing really well and and overcoming sin, but it was it was all based on his own efforts. And I just felt so bad because his heart is established in his performance. And when your heart is established in your performance, you'll have this up and down roller coaster ride. Because that two weeks goes by, and then you find yourself falling flat on your face. And it's, it's, it's no place to stand on. That is some st- sandy ground to stand on uh, when it's up to your own dedication. And just can I just be this dedicated person and a faithful follower of Jesus? And so uh, when I was on that roller coaster ride, it was all about my performance. 
And I finally was able to get off of that by being grounded in grace. And uh, I was going somewhere with that, and I totally lost track. But it has to do with <laughs> what we're talking about today. Uh, I need to be more dedicated at getting my thoughts together, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, last week when we talked about Jesus as Savior or Jesus as Lord, you know, they're two completely separate things, and the responsibility falls on us to make Jesus Lord of our lives. Now, that was from last week's program, if you want to go check it out. So we've even turned that into a work. We make Jesus Lord. See how that see how that gets turned inside out so easily when Jesus really already is Lord. He has taken ownership of us. This is what Lord is. I mean, he, he's now our owner. Uh, we're in his possession. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> we hear a lot about demon possession sometimes in religious circles. Well, how about being in, in, in the possession of, of God Almighty? Being, yeah, think, being uh, possessed with with his life I in think us. People just yeah to break in there. I think more people have people have more faith, <laughs> so to speak, in demon possession, you know, in demons possessing people than they have in the fact that Christ has possessed us. That's sad, mm. but I I think that's true anyway. Well, no, I, yeah, that's exactly right. And so th- we we get into these places where we put the responsibility back on us, based on our commitment, based on our dedication, based on our faithfulness. When we put off on the shelf somewhere, out of sight, sometimes that it is God who has been dedicated to us, faithful to us, even when we are not. You know, that's why sometimes we use these cliches, Joel. I mean. We're called to be followers, right? We're supposed to be like Jesus, right? There's another Christian talking point for you in, in religious circles. Our goal <laughs> is to be like Jesus, and, and we're working at it. I mean, it's it's a lifetime process here, and, and I, I keep working harder. We were talking about faith versus works last week, and, and this is how we slip down the slope and, and get caught up with our own works again. And so we say, well, I'm called to be like Jesus. Well, I know this goes against everything you've been taught, but we weren't called to be like, to try to work harder at becoming like Jesus. Uh, We become like Jesus through inheritance, through the gift of salvation, through birth. We had a program not too long ago on inheritance, you know, and, and how you receive that, not through work, but through being gifted. The same is true here. We aren't called to be a follower of Jesus. We are his child. A follower is simply somebody who follows someone else. I mean, they, they, they follow one person wherever they're going to that place where they're going. That, that's what a follower does. And that's why I think, Joel, what we talked about a couple weeks back, when Jesus was telling people, look, if you want to be my disciple, here's the rough road you're going to have to take. Because what did Jesus say earlier? Earlier, He said, if you're going to, a, a disciple is a student. It's just a pupil. That's all a disciple is, by the way. It's just a pupil, somebody who learns. Mm-hmm. And he said, a, a disciple eventually gets trained and becomes like their teacher. And so Jesus is, is trying to tell these people who were under the law at the time, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to go to where I'm going, I got some news for you. First of all, you're going to have to hate your father, your mother, your brother, your wife, your children. Skip your father's funeral. Let the dead bury their own dead. Give up all your possessions. Carry your own cross. Because where I'm going, that's where I'm going to end up. You'll have to carry your own cross to where I'm going. You're going to have to follow me to that point. And, and he went on in Luke, in Luke 9, he, in, in that context of carrying the cross, Jesus said, whoever tries to save their life will lose it. 
think about that statement in the context of what we've just been talking about. You want to carry your own cross? You're really going to follow me to where I have to go to get this job done? Um, you better count the cost and find out you're not going to be able to pay for it. Whoever tries to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for the sake of Jesus, they're going to save it. They're going to find it. Why? Because your life was taken. It was killed. It was lost. Um, it's no longer your own because you were placed into Christ. You died with him and you received his life. So, Joel, we have this problem. Being a follower isn't going to be good enough. Religion won't let that happen because you'll be required to be a faithful follower. And mm -hmm. if they're trying to teach you to be a disciple of Jesus so that you become more like him, that won't be good enough either because you'll need to be a dedicated disciple. You see where this is all going. I know I took a long time there. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. But I'm glad you're done because I get stressed out thinking about that. <laughs> My goodness. Being a f <laughs> but, we, but it's we true. We need to take a break and rest. <sighs> Everybody take a deep breath. It's hard to be a disciple of Jesus by Jesus' own definition and requirements of being a disciple. Like you said, let the dead bury their own dead. You have to hate your mother and father. You have to, all these things, sell all that you have. And that's Jesus. That's his own definition of being a disciple or a follower of him. Yeah, and Joel, I'm going to jump in real quick and just say that I, I am convinced that when Jesus was talking to these people, again, under the law, mm -hmm. and he was saying these things, I don't think he was being figurative. No. I think he was literally talking about them carrying a physical cross in order to be like him and finish the work that needed to be done. And I think he was trying to show the futility of that to these people. Right. And that's the thing, because people take him literally, which he, he was being literal with the people that he was with. But he, <laughs> the thing about it in the church is that we kind of will water this discipleship thing down because we know that we can't— you know, I don't know anyone who has ever sold all that they have or who have hated— I mean, there, there, you got extreme people out there who have tried to do this thing. But overall, in the church, in the general church, the people who teach this discipleship stuff, that you have to be this fully committed, dedicated disciple, they don't go by Jesus' own words. They have their own rules. Maybe they'll pick and choose some things from the Bible, but basically the church has come up with their own rules that aren't nearly as difficult as what Jesus made it out to be, but yet they still are, are difficult. But, you know, one thing that I have found through observing this during my Christian life is that people will come up with these rules, but however good they are at fulfilling and following their own rules, that's how good they expect others to be. They expect mm. other people to follow whatever it is that they figure they can follow. But if there are other rules out there that they don't think they can attain to, they, they, they don't mention those ones. But it's kind of subtle. You know, they don't come out and say that. It's just they got their own standards, their own set of rules, and everyone needs to follow those. And that's that's sad because it, it leaves people thinking, man, I just can't live up to this thing. But earlier on, you were talking about how uh, we are under Christ's possession. We were bought at a price, the Bible says. We were talking a few weeks ago about the pearl of great price and how you know, the church thinks that we need to buy this pearl of great price, where really we are the pearl of great price. Jesus paid the price for us. We're the treasure hidden in a field. Christ paid all for us. So we are under his ownership. 
It's about the fact that he owns us, and that's a good thing. It's not something that's hard. It's not something that we have that we have to strive and struggle to get to that place where I am fully submitted to Christ. It's this thing that he is Lord. He is our possessor. We are one with him. And uh, as we wrap up here, you know, got about a minute or so left, Cap, and we make this thing out to be so hard when really Christ himself did all the work. It's his finished work, and he's made it so simple for us. He has. And a disciple, again, is just a learner. John the Baptist had them. He had disciples. Apostles in the book of Acts, they had their own disciples. They were just learning. And it's okay to be a disciple in the sense of learning the good news. It doesn't necessarily make you a direct disciple of Jesus, being like him, carrying your own cross, and all of those things that were so rigid and hard. I mean, compare that to when Jesus said, he who comes to me, he'll never hunger or thirst again. Come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's light. It's easy. That doesn't describe what Jesus was talking about when you be. Uh, trying to become a disciple. And here's the other thing. After the book of Acts, because almost all all the 246 times that the word disciple appears, they're almost all in the four books of the Gospels, a handful in the book of Acts, and the word never shows up again one time after the book of Acts. Think about that for a minute. Being a, a disciple is not part of your identity in Christ, or somebody would have brought it up, one of the apostles in their writings. We'll talk more about this next week with discipleship, dedication, faithful following, all of that, and set you free from it right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more growing in grace.